and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse, Where the Worlds of Nerd Meet. How you been, Matt? How's your week been? We're back again uh, after our little uh, Halloween commentary thing we did last week that I hope the people enjoy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going all right. Yeah, that, that commentary was really quite cool. Yes, it was a lot of fun. It hasn't quite broken a thousand yet, and I knew that that was kind of like, what is it, uh, a dice we'd have to roll, but whatever. (laughs) I wanted to do something fun in Halloween, and if the numbers were a little low, they're just a little low. Yeah, the people that watched it seemed to really like it. They did, yeah, they were really into it, so, you know, I'm happy that, you know, if I ever needed to pivot to horror content, I could, (laughs) although maybe I shouldn't. Apparently, the new YouTube algorithms are like, for the love of God, don't pivot to any other content. Yeah, yeah, I've seen people that are are getting demonetized just just for, like, putting out, like, a different type of video, which has me really scared, because I was getting ready to, like, I was going to ask people, like, what do you want me to, like, branch out into? What do you want me to... Yeah. to do and everything and i'm like i don't want to do that now <laughs> yeah it's a it's a fuck of a thing uh for sure there the moral of the story is never try anything different never try to diversify your portfolio <laughs> in any meaningful way <laughs> uh but yeah you know i've been trying to keep busy this week trying to you know not pay attention to the halloween that wasn't i'm sure you saw all those videos there of kids uh trick or trunking or doing like drive-through mm-hmm. trick-or-treating and like on one hand it's cool that so many kids got to come out on do it but on the other hand it's like oh well that's not good for anybody the cars were like freaking parked around the block and i'm like that seems to not be social distancing <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, well, we, we don't trick-or-treat here or celebrate Halloween here no, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so seeing um, people do do that and like, there, there were still people trick-or-treating though, like going around house to house. I don't know how. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. The real horror is the virus and you <laughs> being, you know, a parent who's willing to take that risk. Hey, little Billy, gotta get my kid cat somehow get in there. <laughs> What what is the best uh, little candy, everyone in the chat? I was quite fond of Reese's myself, Reese's and little Twix, candy corn. Oh, <laughs> see, I actually don't hate candy corn, and it's not nearly as common here in Canada as it is in the United States. In the United States, everyone hates candy corn, full stop. But for me, it's like, ooh, exo- it's exotic. We don't get it very much. That, that, that's the the same here. Like we, it's not a common thing here. But when you see it, you're like, oh, I'll give that a try. Oh, it's not so bad. I don't know why they're complaining about it. Tevia says Twizzlers, which is actually a pretty solid answer because yeah, mm-hmm. not everyone gives out licorice, so licorice is a nice treat. I am quite fond mm-hmm. of licorice. When I go to the movies, I'm always yeah. a licorice person. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Uh, so uh, I did a lot of TV streaming this week. You know. Uh, got some good horror movies in there i think we both watched a lot of the same shows too obviously we're going to talk about the mandalorian later on there people are dying Mm -hmm. to hear our thoughts on that but uh i also checked out that new netflix show there blood of zeus because it's like oh it's anime and greek mythology i like this yes it's it's himbo god of war it certainly is everyone is very very pretty (laughs) in that (laughs) even the demons are very boy band in their looks but uh yeah it wasn't a bad show it was all right yeah it's it's pretty good it 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 kind of um uh it kind of came at like the right time because we had that and we had hades yes all kind of back to back and all kind of in the same headspace you're absolutely right the show looked really good mm-hmm. i love putting the like an or uh, anime flavor on greek mythology you don't mm-hmm. get that very often mm-hmm. the soundtrack was really good it was yeah eh. eh, the characters were all kind of forgettable <laughs> they never fucking explained the woman like her whole thing they never fucking explained what her deal was 
it's okay it's a, it's a netflix show it'll be canceled soon exactly that's the thing i'm like guys you know you know you might only get one season here you guys really really gotta try and work this okay do whatever you want Zeus was cool and Hera was cool. Yeah. Everyone else was kind of forgettable. I, I like they n- didn't meet a Greek uh, movie trope that they didn't love. So it's like, here's the little owl from Clash of the Titans. And here's two stock characters from Gladiator we put in here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like those little references. They were cool. They were cool. I did. like. I, I didn't catch this till later, too. But the black gladiator guy, his name was Kofi. And we hear that he's a Pancratius champion, which Pancratius is like the godfather of like, you know, wrestling and mixed martial arts and everything. They were like fights to the death. And it's like, oh, he was an ancient Greek wrestler and his name is Kofi. Clearly, he is a reference to Kofi Kingston. That's pretty fun. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that. I would have actually liked to have hung out more with him. But yeah, that. That show was all right. Uh, ooh, at uh, at your uh, request, actually, or at uh, your uh, idea, I saw you tweeting about that Nixium cult documentary, and I didn't really know much about Nixium, only that the girl from uh, Smallville mm-hmm. was in it, and like mm-hmm. actually a pretty big player in the cult. Yeah, she was like second in command, basically. And man, that fucking thing, I actually plunked down, I got like uh, 30 days free of stars, because uh, it's a star show, and I watched it on Amazon, the first two episodes, and fuck, like, I thought I knew everything there was to know about crazy sex cults, because I watched the uh, R. Kelly one, I watched the Epstein one, I watched the Surviving Neverland one, but holy shit, this guy, Keith Rainier, took it to a whole other level. Oh, man, it... It's 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 crazy. Like when when you watch the documentary and they lay it all out for you, you're like, how the fuck could anyone believe in any of this? It's so crazy because it's like he he went it at the angle of like not religion, but of like new age self help. Yeah, and like he and like he purposely went after like a bunch of uh like heirs, like heirs and heiresses of like big corporations, yeah, like, like famous the, like celebrities and stuff, and yeah, yeah, like the uh, like the Seagram's wine cooler people. Like apparently mm-hmm. they funded him in the beginning uh really heavily and like he branded people and like he tried to build a private army and i'm like what yeah it, it was insane i again like it it follows that that usual thing of a cult way where again like i said before how do people believe this when they like ease you into it and then you get to like a certain level and then, then they just like just don't bother and just be like yeah this is a cult you know you'll remember if you so crazy you know if you become you know a leader you can make more money but if you're a follower you have more fun that sort of thing (laughs) uh a crusader con asking about it's called uh god i can't even remember what's it called like seduced secluded something like that it's the cult just search the cult yeah, just search Nexium and you'll be able to find it. It's not on Netflix right now. It's on. Uh, I got it on Stars via Amazon, but you can find it some other way. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a, it's actually still going on right now, or it's like ending this week or something. Third episode comes out tonight as we're filming this i think right okay well i'll have to go check that out so i can see the finale of that but yeah it's a really fascinating documentary if you think like oh i've seen everything there is about all these cult things no they got some new curveballs <laughs> they're throwing you holy shit <laughs> uh but yeah so that's uh that's what my week entailed what about you yeah pretty much the same just like watching a bunch of like tv shows and stuff i watched a bunch of anime because i've got anime lab i bought a what a year Ooh. of that so i've just been kind of going through anime that i've like missed or ones that i only got like halfway through and then stopped for some whatever reason i finished um what i finished recently attack on titan 
Because I'd only watched like the first half of the first season. I I have watched the first episode of that, and then I'm like, man, this is cool. I should finish it, and I never did. This is how far behind I am on anime. I never finished My Hero either. I was doing the videos on it. I'm halfway writing the final episode. I'm like, I'll finish this later, and I didn't. I'm bad at finishing shit. <laughs> There's too much. It really is. How uh, how does uh, Anime Lab compare to the other apps out there? Because there's so many now. Um, I rather like it because... I, w- I wasn't aware until just this year that we c- I could get it in my country because, like, mm. Crunchyroll and all that, you can kind of get it, but it's limited and everything. I know so the feeling Canada is much the same. I went with Anime Lab, and it's pretty damn good. You get all, like, your, your usual shows. You got your Dragon Ball Supers. You got your One Punch Man, all of them, My Hero Academia. But then they also do uh, the simulcasts every day. Oh, which well, is that would probably um, be good. Whatever shows are on the... Um, japanese tv on the japanese uh schedule for like summer they'll get like a new episode every week and it'll either be subbed or it'll be subbed and dubbed that's pretty good i keep meaning to start vinland saga because that looks amazing and then at the mm-hmm. same time i'm like "Ooh, is it in english yet is it in english <laughs> no okay i mean i could i mean clearly they know it's amazing because they grabbed it that app like they did because they're just like, no, no, we promise that it's great, whether it's in English or not. I guess it just kind of feels weird to me to hear these ancient Vikings speaking Japanese. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I um, Anime Lab, they, ha- they have the entire Berserk series, including the movie. Nice. So I watched like the original series and then I started that newer series that's like the follow on. Yeah, and now that the, I have seen. The first season is dubbed, but the second season isn't. So like I'm watching it and then it transitioned over into the second season and they're starting speaking Japanese. I'm like, what the hell? What? (laughs) Oh, they they just ruined it. Like I'll watch it. I'll watch it. But I I like having it on and like the side while I'm not mm, doing other feeling. stuff and I can't focus if it's in Japanese. <laughs> That's like me too. I I liked those first three Berserk movies mm-hmm. enough and I tried to start watching the show, but I know a lot of people complained and I was kind of with them there. Where it's like, oh, the show doesn't look as good as the movies though. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like the... um. The, it gets the newer better. Show. The newer show is, is a little bit more in line with the movies, like animation-wise. It's like mm. that sort of 3D sort of animation sort of look but yeah i i understand why people probably didn't like it so yeah you can get into berserk and be horribly disappointed all la game of thrones when the finale just never materializes <laughs> it just ends that's the thing it just ends what's what's that joke there guts has been on that boat for like 10 years now <laughs> is he ever gonna get off the fucking boat <laughs> uh yeah that's some good shit uh oh speaking of anime too i started uh gundam iron-blooded orphans tonight on uh netflix because hey like you i'm getting into the gunplas now i ordered my first gunpla and i'm gonna hopefully be putting that together soon maybe i'll even make a little video and put that up on the patreon sped sped up a bunch because it takes forever <laughs> to make them yeah you, you'll have to you have to show me it once it's done because yeah they're, oh they're, yeah they're, they're really fun to build i'm building i bought like two new ones the past week i bought a uh, a hg kit which is a little one and then the rg kit which is a slightly mm. more realistic bigger one and it's a big char osnable um yeah. one that he used in the zaku which one, yeah which one i got i got the big box here i can't which one did he where to use it the neo zeon char osnable one right. i don't know which Char-y. anime that one's from there's like 400 anime so See, even I only have a passive knowledge of Gundam, and even I know how cool Char is, because they're like, yeah, he's a villain turned hero turned villain again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched the um, 
again on Anime Lab, they have the uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam, the Origin series, which is like the oh, that's the remake be. of the original uh, zero, 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 0078 series, and it's it's pretty damn good. That's something to definitely check. I know uh, I was watching a SF debrief. Uh, you know, he does like a bunch of Star Trek videos, and if you pay him, he'll do other science fiction stuff. And he did like a whole uh, like month on Gundam stuff that's like very in depth. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is a good way to learn about it without having to watch 300 episodes. And I know for some people out there, it's like, oh, you need to watch all 300 <laughs> episodes or you don't know. You don't really know. You weren't there, man. You weren't there. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, just I guess just be up- careful because it's quite addictive. Once you start building, you'll be like, oh, I want to buy another one. I want to buy oh. another one. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm already looking there. I'm like, well, maybe maybe I should get this one and I should get a Zaku too because, I mean, it would make sense to have a mobile suit and a Zaku. So that, that's, that's, my, that's my reasoning is like, yeah, well, I've bought this one, but now I need like the enemy. So I need to buy the Zaku. Or yeah, it, the, needs the a, it needs a friend. <laughs> I, I do have a lot of room on my desk here that I could probably uh, use some decorating. Obviously, I have my Justice League Aquaman bust, which was a gift. So, you know, I keep that one nice and close <laughs> on my desk. And I also have the dinosaur from Primal as well that too <laughs> nice. I, I got yeah i got that in one of those like shitty box things but this was actually a genuinely awesome thing i got because primal is cool <laughs> nice and gendy tartakovsky is cool so i definitely got to check that now how how deep are you in matter you buying gundam breakers are you buying that now is that how deep you are into the gunplas you need to get the gunpla game no no i'm, I'm not that deep Main, mainly because like the games like i have seen the games on like playstation and all that sort of stuff I, but the thing is, I've noticed that they're always super expensive, yes, and they're, they they're like rampant. Apparent, I or at least rampant with like DLC or like microtransactions. Mm, that's so, a shame. I'm gonna stay away from them. Lich, yes, Lich Lord Chris, I have indeed seen the Canadian Gundam. That was from the show where it was like a big tournament. <laughs> like everyone from all around the world had a robot. Yes, I have <laughs> seen that, and that's pretty dope. Also, I just caught a look of myself there in the camera. God, I look like shit. I'm at that point now. I'm trying to grow out a full beard for November, but it's in that patchy in-between state. <laughs> it's it's late at night here, and it's cold, so I didn't even bother to dress up. I'm wearing a fucking pajama shirt it's and everything. It's 2020. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, with a plunging neckline and everything. I'm just like, Ugh, I don't give a shit. Whatever. It's all cool. <laughs> again, again, too, Matt, you mentioned it being 2020. Uh, hey, everyone, thank you for joining us uh, Sunday night on November 1st uh, when we stream these live. If you're watching this in the future uh, on Wednesday the 4th, uh, there's a big uh, old man contest, I do believe it's called, in the United <laughs> yes. States where old they need to pick. white man contest. Who's yeah, the where you need old to- white man? Yeah, you need to pick which old white man you like more, and uh, depending on how that goes uh, when you're listening to this, you're either very happy and can unclench or are very sad and are probably in a dark place, in which case, hey, I hope we can offer you a little light and a little respite, says Joel, in the past to you in the future. <laughs> just just know we're pulling for you out there. We really, really are in the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't vote, definitely go and vote. Yeah, can, can you even still, like, I know I've been watching the shows, I think it's going to get, like, really bad for the people who have to stand in line. I know a lot of people who did, like, the pre-ballot thing. Mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, they keep changing the rules to the old man contest and keep throwing out votes and putting up fake boxes. That's the thing that got me. It's like, what the fuck do you mean there's fake boxes now? What got me is that 
I, I'm hearing places where like Trump supporters are, are, are turning up to these to these rallies with guns and like intimidating yes. people to like vote oh, yes. for Trump. I'm like, oh, how yes. is that legal? It's uh, it's not, and it wasn't legal back in the Jim Crow days when they did the exact same thing to keep black people from voting. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, again, I feel bad for all the people I know in New Jersey, and I know a few. Apparently, they, like, shut down a big highway there today mm-hmm. in all their trucks and everything. It's like, oh, I thought you people got mad when people shut stuff down. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't, <laughs> didn't they also run a... um? Oh, yeah, they tried to run a Biden bus yeah. off the road. That also yeah. happened. Just fuck. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, just reasonable people just doing reasonable things it's like you think man that's really fucking crazy then you're like oh yeah there's also a murdered virus out there (laughs) killing people and we're all either in the second or third wave depending i don't know how shit is in australia but we got like a ton of new cases here in canada now it's like actually fucking scary again whole of australia i don't think i've had a new case for a while well lucky australia then (laughs) can i come there and hang out (laughs) Uh, well, then I'd have to fly, which means I'd have to go to Pearson and I'd have to go to an airport. And, oh, God, like, n- nothing would give me more anxiety than you need to do international travel right now. Oh, yeah. No, no way. Because <laughs> like here in my small little bubble, I can control myself. I can make sure I'm masked. I can make sure I'm washing my hands. I got a bunch of gaiters uh, for the winter. So, you know, my face doesn't get cold and everything. And I'm probably going to get some fleece ones that they're selling mm-hmm. but like yeah just uh holy shit i could not imagine international travel and having to be around other people i'm lucky that i live in the ass end of nowhere in northern canada so no one's bugging me and i'm always six feet from everyone at any time <laughs> that's like me yeah I, I live in like a suburb but like i'm like out of the city and like mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people around but you can easily distance yourself from everyone if you need to I remember early on, my grandparents who never take anything seriously, they're like, hey, Joe, we're going to come and visit you because we got so much time off and everything because everything is closed. And I'm like, no, stay in the city. Don't you fucking come here. <laughs> Don't you bring your city germs up here, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lich Lord, sure, everyone can come visit me for a vacation. I think when this is all said and done, we all need a fucking vacation. Yeah. That should be the thing. Governments around the world should be like, hey, we owe you one summer vacation. We owe you one birthday celebration. You can turn this in whenever you want, and they have to let you use it. (laughs) It's my birthday. I'm owed one. (laughs) You you can go anywhere, and they have to give it to you. Like, if, If I became a politician, that's what I would run on the IOU system. You know what? The government owes you one. Only one. You can cash it in whenever you like, but we owe you one. It's like James Bond's license to kill. He can use it and just, you know, no one can stop you. <laughs> oh, shit. Speaking of James Bond, I guess we lost, uh, what is it, Sean Connery this week, too. He was 90. Yeah, that, he was 90, but it was also kind of a, kind of a shock because it's like, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it seemed like he would live forever, right? He seemed a little fucking invincible. Yeah, well, well hey, he, he apparently died in his sleep in his in his mansion in the Bahamas. So, like, wh- wh- what better way to go? Seems seems like he won, right? We should all be so lucky to die in our sleep <laughs> in our mansion in the Bahamas. Good, good for him. Dude clearly won at life. Yeah. And he hadn't been anything in a while either. Like, I know everyone says, like, oh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was his last movie. But he had done, like, a couple small parts after that. Yeah, no, that was his last big movie that, like, 
he hated doing that movie so much that so he, much. it forced him to quit acting, basically. Wow. So what you're saying is the next commentary track we need to do is League of Extremely Ordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> hey, that movie's terrible, but it is a fun time. It is. It really is. It is. I would say it is a good definition of a good, bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch and I laugh and I have a good time. And I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. What's going to happen next? <laughs> what do you mean, Moriarty? Ah, oh, the Napoleon of crime. I fucking love that quote so much. <laughs> I love the, it's the something of something. <laughs> oh, yeah, Zardos. There's another one we got to watch. Fantastic film. <laughs> the penis, the gun is good. <laughs> And at the end, it's fucking, what, Wizard of Oz? Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, he found this, you know, book, and it was really important. Ah, oh, maybe it's a Bible or a Quran or the Talmud or something. Nah, it's fucking Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Which I rewatched Wizard of Oz recently because it's uh, on Netflix, and holy shit, that movie still holds up. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very ahead of its time. Like, so yeah. some, of the, some of the stuff they did with, like, going from, like, black and white to to color and everything that was all Stunning. like that that was all practical effects and everything and it looks great i know it is funny going back and watching it now in like the highest definition on like a good tv only now do i realize oh those are fucking matte paintings oh my god those are matte. none of that is there that's a matte. Pa- it's a beautiful matte painting though <laughs> it, have they have they left in the, the munchkin that hung himself <laughs> ah that's an urban legend but yes actually you can see it very clearly <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's still like a pretty friggin' solid movie. For Halloween, I actually meant to show someone Return to Oz, which is the fucking trippy-ass 80s uh, yeah. sequel they made. Yeah, the one that's just like complete downer and so depressing. Oh, yeah. Like shockingly dark. Like, who let them make this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Dorothy's in a goddamn insane asylum. The villains are actually super cool in it. The Wheelers, that lady who can take her head off. Mm-hmm. It's actually like pretty fucking metal in some parts, though. It is, yeah. Uh, speaking of Metal Matt, uh, a show came back this week that is super freaking cool and super freaking awesome and something you and I have been waiting on for the longest time. You know, and that show was The Mandalorian that came back with season two, episode one, The Marshal. Yeah, and what a what a what a way to open the season. Absolutely, man. They are pulling no punches. If you were worried that, you know, the shine might be off Mandalorian in season two, uh, you were wrong because they come out <laughs> fucking swinging for the goddamn fences. They come, they come out swinging. They come out bigger than it was before. And oh, yeah. yet it's still grounded and, and small and, and remembers to breathe. And still super inspired by samurai movies and cowboy movies and everything else that super inspired star wars and actually we even get a bit of a comic connection here because we get uh cobb vanth making his live action debut yeah yeah cobb vanth who first appeared in the aftermath novels uh in the little mm. interludes between uh we got a little bit of information about him you know donning some mysterious mandalorian armor mm. that he found in the dunes of tatooine and uh protecting this town and this expands on that we actually get to see as well as i didn't expect to see like him talking about his backstory and we seeing it. Yeah. That's kind of like what happened in the comic. Yeah. Under I was the comic not expecting the, the that novel. Either. Yeah. Yeah. We actually get just enough about him where it's like if you're seeing him for the first time, it's cool. And if you read all that supplemental material, you will also think 
it's pretty fucking cool. And we essentially have like the marching orders for this season. That is Mando has got to take baby Yoda back to his people. But to do that, he's got to try and find other Mandalorians who, you know, have been around the universe and basically know more than him. And he runs into a uh, Vanth on Tatooine because Vanth is of course wearing Boba Fett's armor that the uh, Sarlacc spit up and everything. So he actually wasn't a Mandalorian. And I guess this is going to be the setup for every episode now. Uh, mm-hmm. D- uh, Din Djarin trying to find another Mando, which I guess now makes perfect sense how Sabine is going to be in this show at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a very interesting take because, again, he's got to find the Mandalorians to find the Jedi. Yeah. Which is which is, is quite cool because, as we've learned through the season, the Mandalorians don't particularly like the Jedi because they've uh, no. worn, or they had wars with them and whatnot. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, just some cool ass shit. He rolls into Tatooine. Uh, Matt's got a bunch of clips playing right now. We actually get to see where Cobb Vanth was at the destruction of the second Death Star. And he even makes a joke about that. It's like, yeah, when the Death Star blew up the second time. <laughs> <laughs> This episode has some great jokes in it. There's that. There's Cobb Vanth riding on a very phallic-looking speeder that's bigger than Mando's. And clearly that's supposed to be the joke. Bigger, and it was made from an engine from Anakin Skywalker's pod racer. Ooh, how about that? Isn't that fun? Again, this episode was filled with, like, little... Little, uh, um... References. References and Easter eggs. We got R5-D4... Uh, the, yeah. the droid whose who's motivator exploded in A New Hope. He gets a hell of an intro, too, doesn't he? Like, they <laughs> bring him on like he's freaking Kramer. Hey, kids. <laughs> John Leguizamo was like a Cyclops alien yep. really on. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a, that was a really cool beginning to the episode, like a, a, an underground Gamorrean mm. fight club. Very film noir. It was great. Baby Yoda continues to be the most adorable thing ever <laughs> as he is all happy hanging out of the speeder sidecar and everything <laughs> and going into his little egg pod when Mando starts killing people. Yeah, yeah. We, we got Amy Sedaris back, which which was surprising. Yeah. I, I'm surprised we got to see her again. For real, yeah. I'm glad she's back. Maybe she really liked the show. Maybe she really liked the part. Yeah, and um, of course we got Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth, p- perfectly cast. Man, I was not expecting all the Timothy Oliphant uh, thirst tweets when this came out. Apparently, everyone's so fucking horny for Timothy (laughs) Oliphant. With good reason. He's fucking awesome. He really is. And man, what an actor, because I totally forgot. I've been watching Fargo season four, and he ironically plays a sheriff in that. And I'm like, that's the same fucking guy. That's the same fucking guy. He's a very good actor. People don't give him a lot of credit. No, he is a goddamn chameleon. He is like... uh, what is it? He's like Lawrence Olivier levels of shit. Yeah, and again, this role is like perfectly suited for him because it's like basically combining Seth Bullock and Raylan Givens together. Pretty much, yeah, with a freaking blaster gun. Another thing I was not expecting about this episode and something I don't see a lot of people talking about near as much, this episode did something I have not seen any comic or any other movie or any other novel in the Star Wars universe try and do, and that is... It actually tries to humanize and sympathize the Tusken Raiders. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm fairly certain there was some stuff in the old EU that did it, but it didn't do mm. it to this level where we actually spend giant moments with them and learn more yeah. about their culture and Mando can speak their language and everything. Which they never explain, and I'm glad they don't explain that no. because so much of the fun of the first season of Mandalorian was the mystery of who is this guy, <laughs> who is Din Djarin, and now it's like, yeah, you can speak some Tuscan, go figure. Yeah. Also, he, he got a a nice little bit of like character build off like the end of the first season where like when he arrives on Tatooine, he just like lets the droids work on his ship. Whereas the first time yeah, he did yeah. that, he like shot at him. Yeah. Yeah. Because of his uh, close relationship with Taiko Watiti bot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's refreshing too, to see these Tuscans in this new light. Cause it's like, yeah, they are like an Aboriginal group that is so demonized in all the other movies as like the soulless Raiders Raider is even in their name. Where it's like, yeah, I guess they are natives to this planet, and I guess everyone else farms the moisture around them, which should maybe be theirs, and maybe they should share the water. <laughs> the The best line is like when they give uh, Timothy Oliphant the stink water, the stink cactus, and it's like, you steal our water, the least you can do is drink it. <laughs> which I'm like, ooh, that's some good shit, that's some cutting shit. And where they all celebrate at the end after beating the crate dragon, and they're all doing the... Thing. Yeah, yeah that that crate dragon that looks so damn good sure did like, it's, it's basically a monster hunter episode it was it, it was fantastic oh my god yes it was and literally at the end the raiders take all its uh all its loot drops yeah. so they can build better gear yeah, they got a good loot drop because they got the, the crate dragon pearl oh yeah is that what what's the deal with that i didn't quite understand that do tell um, well, it's, it's just something that they usually have in them, and people people know it from, like, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic game. It was something that existed before that, but that's where it kind of got popularized, because I think, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a quest where you've got to kill a crate Dragon uh, and get the Pearl or something. Is it is it, like, just really valuable, or does it yeah. have, like, magic or medical abilities, yeah, or, well, like, I what? Yeah, it's, it's, re- it's um, valuable, but I think also to the to Tusken Raiders, it probably holds some sort of, like, religious... Uh, significance right because you figure they only kill one every couple thousand mm-hmm. years so it's probably a big deal yeah also too i i love it where we actually get to like hang out with the tuscans and see where their language isn't just verbal and vocal they all basically have sign language <laughs> too as you would need on a desert planet where there's sand everywhere and where you got to be quiet or something will kill you <laughs> yeah yeah I thought that was really cool. I know uh, one of the guys on Twitter who worked on the show, apparently that's what he does. He, like, creates came fictional languages. Yeah, yeah, he came up with their with the Tuscan sign language. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. pretty dope. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all these little things that just, like, made it so damn good. Again, this is this is John Favreau, first time directing this. Yeah. And and he's he's uh, back to writing it as well. And it just, it just hits every right beat directs the fuck out of it now obviously we got to talk about that final scene though where the aspect ratio changes and this is the bit that everyone's been losing their mind about i'll I'll let you take point on it yeah no so uh you know mando's going back to his his ship and there's there's a a cloaked being watching him and that being Mm. turns around and it's it's tamor morrison yeah which with the implication that that's boba fett Right, although he could just as easily be any other clone because they see, all look see, the same. See, see, that's the thing. Like, I think that they're, they're pulling like a red herring here, where I, I everyone thinks it, it's 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 Boba Fett, but I I reckon it might be Rex. Mm, I is, like this that is a idea. Couple of better. years removed from um, 
uh, Return of the Jedi, which it's kind of canon that he's in that. Right, um, right. So I, I could see that he's like, he like heard of like, or like he saw like something of Boba Fett and like saw that it looked like him. It's like, oh, maybe that this guy's another clone. I'll go find him and turns up to Tatooine to find you know din din Djarin and cobb vanth and all of that there and he's like following him or another thing because we know ahsoka is going to be in this season yeah and yes he's got do. the child he could be an agent for ahsoka and he's following Ooh. Jin to like keep track of him and the child right so it's like okay if it seems like it's going to be a problem we'll come get him yeah, yeah the chat is saying if it is uh rex then he shaved he could have yeah. shaved maybe yeah. that was just yeah. his uh, in hiding beard yeah yeah i mean i mean i wouldn't particularly want to be on a desert planet with a beard no that's true also too you figure you know he's probably got to be like uh like an outlaw on into himself now mm-hmm. rex probably a lot of people want to kill him for shit yeah. you know maybe a bunch of imperial sympathizers so maybe that's why he shaved to be like no no i'm just any other clone <laughs> You would also figure, too, if it was Boba Fett, it's like, well, what was stopping him from just going and getting his armor back? Yeah, because it looks like, the way he looks, because he's got, like, a coat, and he's got, like, all these guns and, like, mm-hmm. gaffy sticks and everything, so he's been there for a while. For a so while. Like, like, what, and, and Cobb's been, um, marshal. been using the, uh, using the armor and been the marshal for at least five years, because the implication is he picked up the armor not long after the Death Star blew up in yeah, the yeah. Jedi. And um, so, like, yeah, what would have taken him so long to find that armor? Especially since it's Boba Fett, who's apparently the greatest, you know, bounty hunter in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why would he waste the time? Also, too, is the implication that the Sarlacc pit that that crate dragon was living in is the same Sarlacc pit from Jabba's palace, the one that uh, Boba fell into? I think so. They left that pretty nebulous, but I'm pretty sure. I did like, though, I did like the little thing that the reason it was spitting up acid is because it ate the sarlacc and that's the sar- the acid mm. from the sarlacc and it's like giving it like indigestion <laughs> right i i guess too maybe the implication is where it's like so if the sarlacc was eaten by this crate dragon maybe boba fett was able to escape at some point during that time mm-hmm. from one beast I'm sure, to another i'm sure we're gonna get a story about that at some point i'm sh- I'm sure we will, because why wouldn't they? And I mean, come on, you've already set up Din Djarin. Maybe, maybe now they can do, like, the ultimate torch-passing thing with Boa being like, you the big dick Mando now. <laughs> well, Din's done a lot more to earn that title than Boba Fett has, so... A little bit, a little bit. And in fact, hey, you know, maybe they could do to him what they kind of did with Darth Maul, with Boba being like, you know what, as I sit back and look on my career, I didn't really do that much. I just had a great PR team. <laughs> it was that it was that armor that armor that did every it did all the heavy lifting and also the armor that uh friggin mando gets back at the end of this episode mm-hmm. i was not expecting him to get it back i assumed they were gonna pull a, oh you know you've earned that armor you're every bit of mandalorian as i am see i thought i thought like as we're coming towards the end i'm thinking oh they're not gonna they're just gonna do away with the armor like Cobb is gonna be the one to sacrifice himself for mm-hmm. to, to like kill the the crate dragon like he was going to be the one to fly in and and blow up that bantha yeah yeah i really assumed they'd go that way although it does make a lot of sense as uh jinjajar is basically like hey my culture is not your costume take that shit off this deeply offends me <laughs> i did like like that part where like mando sacrificed himself he 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 got rid of Cobb by doing the exact same heart same thing han did which is he hit yeah. the back of the jetpack and it sent uh cob flying 
There's a lot of fun callbacks like that. I like that uh, when you think they're going to be eaten by those dogs, Mando does a Tusken Raider call much in the same way Obi-Wan did a crate mm-hmm. Dragon call to get the Tuskens to fuck off and leave Luke alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this episode just loaded with shit like that. I think we're in very good hands for the season coming forward. Yeah, so next episode, which just comes out this this coming week, what do you think we'll see? I don't know. I don't think they'll do Sabine quite so early, which is, in fact, I wanted to ask you because you would have a much better working knowledge of this than me being the biggest Star Wars fan I know. How many other Mandalorians are active during this point in history? Boba. That's well, like in the new new EU. That's like literally it. I was going to say, like, yeah, because they, they've they actually like I'm sure there is like obviously we've we've got hints that like there's other underground like convents. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah, because they've kept it all very close to the chest and haven't actually done too much with the Mandalorians. I guess now would be a perfect time to invent some new ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, because like you said, there's a lot of underground uh, cities out there. Hey, we gonna find out whatever happened to uh, Bo Katan there because she was she was the leader, right? Because like Sabine had given her the dark saber and like she was leader for a bit. Well, apparently she's gonna be in the season because Katie Stackoff is gonna be playing her. Okay, so yeah, maybe he'll have to go find her, and maybe when he finds her, we'll find out. Hey, how did the Mandalorian? How did the planet Mandalore fall for like the second time? Yeah. Well, that's the thing as well, and he's got a he's he's definitely gonna find out that um. Uh, Moff Gideon has the the dark saber, and he should yeah. know what the dark saber is. He should, and now that we're setting up this idea that Mando in his quest is actually trying to get back ancient Mandalorian artifacts. Yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it's gonna. I have a feeling though that maybe in the second episode we're gonna still spend a little time on Tatooine because I have a because fi- right, he was because right. like it does doesn't end with him leaving the planet. No, that's true. Can we also assume too that? Uh, Boba Fett or Rex, depending, was the boots we saw from the Ming Wa episode in season one. I don't, I don't know because, see, I, I don't know. I have a feeling that might have, unless unless it's been confirmed, but I don't think it has. I'm gonna assume it might have been Cobb Vanth because a it made that same sound that like, right, the, like, spur clinking sound that that his cowboy. Yeah. But at the same time, Mando's new suit does that as well, so that's not something just. Uh, exclusive to Boba, which people thought it was because he made the same yes. sound in, in Empire Strikes Back. That's right. So, like, yeah, it could have been anyone. I'm, uh, I'm guessing we're going to find out unless someone's confirmed it already. I'm going to assume it's Cobb Vanth and he found it because he was out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, yeah, that would probably make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely lots of cool places they could go with this. I would actually like to see. Uh, maybe some other Mandalorian, you know, cells, basically. Maybe they mm-hmm. act a little differently and a little less honorably than the one Mando came from. Yeah, there's, like, one where they always take off their helmets or something. Yeah, where they, like, do shit differently. Like, maybe constantly one... triggered by that yeah like maybe because again we knew in clone wars you know duchess satine they had like a bunch of pacifists for a little bit wouldn't it be fun if he found like the pacifist mandalorians yeah or he found like the 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 mandalorian uh like sect that's like what sabine was which is like the upper class those rich rich aristocratic ones yeah, like, let's see some different layers to this Mandalorian society now that you can build it up, because assumedly they wouldn't all be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that idea that there's a group of Mandalorians where it's like, no, we always take off our helmet. What's wrong with you? Yeah. 
I'm glad they seemingly put an end to that, too, where a lot of fans are saying, like, oh, apparently Pedro Pascal wanted to uh, have his helmet off more in this season. He's going to have the helmet off more. No, never took it off all episode. Yeah, and he's the Mandalorian throughout the whole season. He didn't, like, walk away or quit, like, what some yeah. some particular Scoopy YouTubers would have you think. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I don't know why. People are really willing to believe just about fucking anything when it comes to Star Wars, aren't oh, they? Oh, if it's bad, they'll believe it because, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's the devil and, you know. Right. She, she got stole in, my She sandwich. got into a parking lot fight with J.J. Abrams. and <laughs> She kicked my puppy. Yeah, yeah. She drinks the blood of virgins <laughs> on the full moon. That's how she stays young and powerful. We must destroy her horcrux. <laughs> uh hey here's another question too uh so potentially this is boba fett we know where his armor's at what happened to the slave one where do you park that 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 was referenced um oh god what, what happened to it um i want to i want to say i know in the in the old eu there was a time um in the dark empire but where he wasn't actually using it he was using slave two two mm. through live i think oh right. had, like all different ships and they all look ridiculous they all look really terrible <laughs> um i want to say the the uh oh was it the new republic took it or something right <laughs> so oh, i'm saying oh, maybe no, yeah, it's that's a... right it um uh it came in it went into uh hondo's possession ah and right. then it, I, it went back somewhere. I can't remember where it went. Someone's saying it's at the impound lot at Java's yeah. Palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got like the the uh, the boot on it, the on, <laughs> on the door. Bunch of unpaid parking tickets <laughs> on the front. Because you figure if like uh, Dindajaran's all about trying to pick up uh, ancient Mandalorian uh, artifacts and stuff, maybe the ship would count as one. I don't know if it would because it's not a Mandalorian ship per se. Right. It's just a ship a Mandalorian used. If he's even a Mandalorian because that's a debate that they still haven't that, quite settled. And I'm sure this show, I, I think we'll get a definitive answer to this show. I, I personally don't think the, the Fets are, are right. Mandalorians. I th- or if they are, they'll probably make them like what uh, Din is where he was a right. foundling. Yeah, because you figure that's got to be a conversation they can have where Din will be all up in Boba's face and be like, hey, you you and your father, they, you stole the armor, you besmirched the name, da 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 It's like, well, you weren't born into this shit either, asshole. They found you as a kid and raised you. I am as much a Mandalorian as you are. I know that you hate to admit it, but... So get off my dick. Because, you know, that's how Boba Fett talks. Get off my dick. <laughs> uh but yeah so that's mandalorian it kicks ass continues to yeah um, i'm looking forward to that second second episode just can't come soon enough man did you have that horrible bit of like disappointment roll over you when episode one was just like i want to watch the next one i don't i don't i want to binge it but i'm glad they're doing it weekly because then that keeps retention up It's true, and you can really stop and think about it and it's easy for everyone to be on the same page about it Mm mm-hmm because, like, I know if it was bingeable, I would, like, wake up in the afternoon, as I tend to do, because what the fuck am I going to do? And Twitter would be full of spoilers and pictures, and can you believe this happened? And I'm like, oh, god damn it, I wanted to see that. <laughs> this way, everyone is basically on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Every week, so, you know, it is what it is. 
Uh, now, believe it or not, we actually do have a little smattering of comic news for you. Not much, but it's worth talking about. Uh, so there's a new Iron Fist uh, series. It's a mini series. It's in development, and it's going to be coming out in January. And uh, shockingly, it is from G.I. Joe and comic legend in general, Larry Hama. Yeah, this this is quite quite interesting. Um, makes me think they're getting ready to do something with Iron Fist. Yes, that is also the rumor, too, is that, you know, why are they coming out with this comic now, especially so close to Shang-Chi, when it seems like they have their kung fu guy all shorn up? Well, apparently in the next couple months to a year, a bunch of those Netflix hero rights are going to return to Disney again. I think they already have. Most have. I think there's one or two that are still held out. Okay, yeah. I don't know if, like, Jessica Jones or the Punisher... Like, a weird one was a holdout. Like, they don't get this one until, like, the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they're all very close to coming back. And, yeah, it looks like they're shoring uh, up their brands again, you know, little by little. And I like the idea of an Iron Fist miniseries. I I miss Danny in general. Yeah, he he wasn't really, like, present for really anything recently, was he? They had no reason to. Same with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Why are we going to put him in anything? He doesn't have anything going on. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. They they coming back, and I'm glad they're they're like going back into like doing like all like the the mystical stuff. Where we got Iron mm. Fist, we've just got the Shang Chi series just started. Yeah, which is really good. Uh, yeah. This is uh, the full title of this is Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, and it seems that there's some new villain out there killing all of Marvel's most prominent dragons, including Fing Fang Foom, which is interesting because Fing Fang Foom showed up again in that uh, Shang-Chi book. Yeah, in the first is- issue, yeah. Also, thank you, Pat Sr., as always. Good, uh, Good looking out, sir. <laughs> can Danny rock the dragon? He can rock the dragon, dragon, as much as he wants. <laughs> He's good at it. This is cool, and I'm glad they uh, got Larry Hama for it. Man, Larry Hama is just one of those comic book guys who just never fucking stopped working. Yeah, I know. He, I, I don't think ever since his career started, how long ago? Forever ago. And yeah. I think he's one of those guys, too. If he ever stopped working, he would, like, die the next day. <laughs> Whereas, like, oh. I need to do this. It keeps me alive. He's like a shark. He has to keep moving. <laughs> or he'll die Man, true story the charlie brown guy chuck schultz uh true story he turned in like the last peanuts comic strip and he died the next day jesus <laughs> yeah which is just the most perfectly depressing thing for the perfectly depressing life of the real charlie brown yeah <laughs> yeah it was all a ruse really he's just like retired to like an <laughs> island an Ep- epstein island somewhere if only Man, again, too, it's like, you know, you read Charlie Brown. It's like, oh, it's so cute and so funny. I don't find anything funny about Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's fucking depressing. <laughs> Literally, he's just bummed and depressed all the time because he's a bald child. <laughs> I mean, it's incredibly interesting from that point of view, and I love it when he kicks the football, but doesn't. <laughs> what we're saying is, is that's what the new Iron Fist series is going to be. He's going to try and kick the football, but the Thunderer is going to take it away from him. Yeah. That's how it's always going to work. Uh, Tevi asks about Blade. Yeah, is there a new Blade book in the work? I feel like there should be. No. I know he's going to be a, apparently a big part of uh, King in Black. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I guess he's still also technically part of uh, Aaron's Avengers. He like kind of never left the team. Yeah. I'm kind of bored by Aaron's Avengers right now, but I know the next arc is going to be about the Phoenix, so I hope that's a little bit more interesting. It looks really interesting. The designs look cool, if nothing else. Got to give it uh, credit yeah. for that. I, I just I just don't know why he's not um, 
why Blade's not over in the Wolverine book with him dealing with all those vampires. With vampires. It doesn't, I mean, I may, maybe he will once all the Sex of Swords stuff gets sorted out. Seems like the perfect crossover, does it not? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll see. Uh, another piece of comic news here, and this is, you know, going to sound scary at first, but it really shouldn't be because it's very transparent what they're doing here. Uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel uh, from Solid in a Mid is going to be coming to an end in January as of issue number 18. And uh, we can see here she's fighting, uh, what is it, Storm Ranger, her evil costume again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, no, how could they be canceling this so close to her new TV show when they just uh, named her? No, it's because they're going to reboot the book back to number one and bring in a new writer to try and hopefully get more people to read it. Yeah, yeah, it's very obvious what they're doing with, with it. And yet the new show's starting to come out, so you've got to have a new it's the same with Number like one. that's why there's like an iron fist issue coming new series yes. coming out. they're probably going to be doing something with that character soon yeah gotta gotta work that multimedia angle matt you gotta gotta do it it's the only way yep also hey thank you uh bob 72 for subscribing with prime much appreciated i just saw that nice uh yeah the uh here's the thing too about uh, this miss marvel series. i'm still reading it it got a little bit hard to follow with Outlawed because they took like two months off and everything. And I feel like a lot of momentum kind of got lost, but I'm back into it now. And honestly, I think Solid in Amid does a better job with the Miles book than he does with the Miss Marvel book. Yeah, yeah, that that seems to be what I've, I've heard people say. Like he invented some okay new villains and he tried to launch that new character Amulet off the back of it. And it's been fine but it's just not as good as G. Willow Wilson, where every issue was excellent and must read and you left feeling really good. Under Solid in Amid, it felt more like a comic and not just like a really special story you were getting to read for the first time. In fact, wouldn't it be crazy because it seems like uh, G. Willow Wilson didn't end up doing much at DC after they poached her in the big way? Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if she came back and started writing it again? That'd be pretty cool. It's not outside the realm of impossibility, I don't think. No, I don't think it is. It could. I mean, if they gave her like, uh, you know, you can do like whatever you want. You know, just have these particular yeah. characters in there or something because it, I, you know, synergy with the show. And I mean, it would make sense because the show is going to be based on her run because that's the first like fifty odd <laughs> issues. <laughs> so it only makes sense where it's like, okay, come back and just do it again. And uh, yeah, I, I remember when they're like, oh yeah, we got G. Willow Wilson writing Wonder Woman and that it was like this big coup and everything. And then that book never really took off. No, no, it didn't. In fact, what Marvel gave her after Miss Marvel never really took off either. Remember, she wrote like the first arc of A-Force after uh, oh, Secret yeah. Wars and then that didn't go nowhere. I remember A-Force. <laughs> Very vaguely. Yeah, I, I read the first arc and then they're like, oh, G. Willow Wilson's off the book. I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to keep reading that. <laughs> who who I, took up after her? no clue i know it didn't last long after that no it didn't because i'm like well i want to follow this big celebrity writer who's clearly taken off yeah i feel like they never quite tapped her potential and it's like well hey she gave the world kamala khan this character that broke through pop culture in a big way and might very well be one if not the most important marvel character of the last decade and you didn't you didn't have anything more to do for her in dc you also didn't have anything more for her to do okay yeah well but yeah, so I mean, I'll definitely have my eyes on this one, and I'm sure it will do good for the channel, too, to tackle a new number one for Miss Marvel right around the time the show comes out. Oh, I have no doubt it will. Yeah, so good uh, good stuff on that. Uh, yeah, and that's more or less everything that happened uh, in the world 
of comics this week as if to say not much at all but hey we talked for an hour about that nothing matt yeah i told i told you i told you we'll end up like spitting spitting gold from nothing yeah why is it on the weeks that we have nothing to talk about we actually end up talking longer (laughs) (laughs) uh i guess from there we can actually hop on over to what we read this week and uh, hey we didn't have three x-men books this week no we had one which is really strange Yeah, which, hey, I'm fine with that. I'm good for a little breather. I think we could all use a little little breather up in there. That's all right. This week we've got three. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Of I course, think, back well, maybe four, actually. No, three. We're back at three. it. Well, we, again, we're we're officially at the halfway point. We had uh, X of Swords Stasis, number one, which was the 11th part of this 22-issue series. Yeah, and it just quickly rushed through all of the, the bad guys getting their swords. Yeah, yeah, which I was, uh, I, I kind of enjoyed actually getting to hang out with them for a bit because they keep building up these sword bears as the villain. Although, are they really the villain? Because Saturnine actually seems to be more evil than them and actually pulling more bullshit than them. The problem I had with the book, I, I liked it, but the problem I had was that all of the villains getting their swords, it, it like all seemed too easy. They just, they go to a temple and just get the sword or they like, bribe bribe a crocodile man to fight for yes them. and like Hogger stuff like pog. whereas like the x-men are like breaking treaties between countries to get them yeah and going to hell and all this just stuff, to do stuff. It. whereas they they kind of had it easy then again too it's like you know saturnine probably knew that because this whole thing is about her cheating and mm-hmm. pulling strings and the fact that she got up to more bullshit than the sword bearers actually did <laughs> is kind of funny where it's like wow these guys are the bad guys but they followed all the rules and paid their debts <laughs> Is kind of an interesting take on it, and it's like clearly the sword bears and Erico are supposed to be a dark mirror to Krakoa, where it's like mm-hmm. this is how bad it could get mm-hmm. if you guys fuck up. You guys could become actual monsters. Yeah, yeah. And the fact too that we realize not everyone on you know uh, Erico's team are totally you know in love with it. That's what I do like. Yeah, like Solemn doesn't particularly want to fight for arakos he's kind of fighting for himself and getting and out they of all hate him they all hate him uh fucking pog is fighting for gold and like the chance of maybe looting an earth yeah he's doing it for money uh bay the blood moon hunter is just like yeah i'm down for killing yeah yeah just, I, I, something new to kill something new i haven't killed before i'm down for also she doesn't have a sword she has a spear she's cheating <laughs> Though really, what is a spear if not a sword with a very long handle? <laughs> very long hilt. Yeah, can we just can we just keep breaking the rules like that? Ooh, I have two knives. They're technically tiny swords. <laughs> I also like too that uh, Gorgon is the tenth guy and he has two swords instead of one. But the text box literally covers him, so you don't even see Gorgon. I, I love that part of Gorgon because like. Uh, in that last, in the last issue, we got like we we're like, okay, we've got two more uh, like people left because we've got apocalypse now. So like, who's mm-hmm. that going to be? And this issue, you think, oh, we're going to find out who they are, and it's 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 just Gorgon. It's just yeah, Gorgon. It's just me. <laughs> he doesn't it's get he doesn't me. get a he doesn't get an issue devoted to himself because it it's Gorgon. <laughs> No, I, I already have my source. It's funny. Gorgon is one of those characters where it's like, does Hickman love or hate Gorgon? Because I really can't tell. I mean, he included him. Or or is this, that's the thing. Is it Hickman including him or is it Teeny Howard including him? <laughs> well, I mean, we technically saw Gorgon, uh, what is it, in like that issue where they all go and visit the UN and mm-hmm. he's like head of security Gorgon. That's like his job. yeah. yeah. 
and like he's fighting with good X Men, and they're like, dude, you're actually really fucking evil. So like, we don't even really like hanging out with you. <laughs> Isn't your big story you like kidnap a child and brainwash Wolverine? It's like, yeah, yeah, enemy of the state. That was me. That was pretty dope, right? <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, that wasn't dope at all. You dick. <laughs> What do you even do on the island? Just sit there with your eyes covered. <laughs> so, yeah, I, ma- I imagine like characters as well, like um, Exodus isn't too happy. He's part of the team because Exodus wants to be part of it. And, and yeah. they pick fucking Gorgon. <laughs> yeah, Gorgon, who again, maybe maybe Gorgon is going to die first. Maybe that's what this has all been building <laughs> up joke. to. Because it's literally like one of these X-Men is not like the other. Because he's not just going to open with him already dead. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like he's not on a team, and like he's not in like any of the other books. It's just weird that they picked him at random to be one of the guys, and not like Silver Samurai or not like someone else. One of the ones, sword. Yeah, whose whole deal is like they have a sword, like Silver Samurai. Again, I like that they made fun of Silver Samurai a little bit in that Wolverine issue. (laughs) It's literally my whole thing, and I didn't get invited to the big mutant sword fight. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, we actually, yeah, we see all the sword bearers get their shit together and, you know, we learn, I guess, a little bit more about Erico and how they have their own soap operas and everything that's probably going to play a part in the fight. And then they all got to spend the night together in Saturnine's Haunted Citadel and she kind of fucks with them by giving them a bunch of tarot cards. Yeah, that none of the mutants seem to like, especially Apocalypse, who apparently that the, the, the card changes the game for him. Yes, he he literally goes full big blue care, and I want to talk to the manager of the Starlight Citadel. <laughs> and he does, because the card he pulled was actually the lover's card, and it shows him and his wife uh, reuniting, and it's a big twist for him to know that his wife Genesis is still alive, because we the reader knew it, but he didn't know it. Yeah, we, we the reader knew she was uh, Annihilation, but yeah, he didn't, I don't know how he didn't know. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's it's it's a fun fun series. It's it's finally we're finally at the the, the tournament stage of it. I am interested about goddamn Hellion's team because all the enemies yeah. got their swords. So like yeah, their, they whole, did their whole mission was for nothing, unless that's the joke. Yes, that it continues to be a comedy farce. Like they show up at all these places in the next issue, only to realize the swords are already gone. Yeah, it's like, oh, we should have set off like hours earlier. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, crap. Why did we stop to go cape shopping? <laughs> or again, they could make a joke of it too, where it's like, okay, so we fucked up on the sword mission, and that's really bad. But okay, before the fight starts, we're gonna jump out of the bushes and we're gonna throw a sack <laughs> over them and beat them with baseball bats so they can't make it to the fight. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna spike their punch with we're sleeping run juice. Run the tour bus off the road. Yo, yeah, oh my god! Yes, it's just it's just Mister Sinister in a carriage trying to run the sword bears <laughs> off the road. Uh, it's just them getting up to like Tom and Jerry shenanigans. Like, okay, I'm gonna put this box in this stick here with the string, and then when one of them comes, I'm gonna pull it out. <laughs> See, now you've sold me on it, Matt. Now I think Hellions is a must read. <laughs> Or they all die. That would be another thing, too. They all fucking die in other worlds. Yeah, yeah. And I'll have to be reborn as something else. Yeah, or or, um, somehow the stakes will change, and if the X-Men win, they'll get to come back or something. Or something fun like that. Yeah, there's still lots of places they could definitely go with it. Uh, But yeah, Exosword Stasis, it was fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, because we got this week, and I think it finishes in like two weeks. Yeah, it doesn't take very long to finish. They're getting a lot of issues out in a short amount of time. Yeah. 
which again is why people are like, oh, this is too much, it's too long. I'm like, guys, this hasn't come out with a delay or with anything. This is actually moving along at a really good place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, where do you want to go after that? Uh, well, we had the finale of Three Jokers. Yes, yes we did. Man, uh, a series that in the end, the actual Three Jokers played a shockingly small part in the overall story. Yeah. This weirdly ended up being a story about forgiveness and moving on from trauma, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting in a story called Three Jokers, but there it is. Again, it's it's John's doing something different with something we've, we've seen loads of times, and it works so well. He has subverted the fuck out of uh, expectations, which means, of course, a bunch of mouthy Batman fans hated it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. The amount of people that fucking hated this book. And just didn't get where it's like, nah, guys, that wasn't what it was about. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't about Batman beating the fuck out of three Jokers. It never was. (laughs) No. Did you get the same people, too, being like, but how does this connect to the Mobius chair that started all this? I'm like, guys. It's very obvious what what Batman was doing there now. And also, it's like, guys, that was like, what, three, four years ago? That was like a bunch of DC regimes ago. None of that was ever going to matter when uh, Johns got ousted from power and this thing got delayed as many times as it did. This thing still might not even be in canon. Did you not notice that Alfred was still alive? Not only, not only does that Mobius chair thing not happen, but it, like as well, it can ha- make sense. Because again, like as people said in my comments, and it makes so much sense. That like Batman, because Batman obviously knew Joker's name like mm. since the week after he they first fought, and he always yeah. is known. And I and people were saying that he, he was just testing the Mobius chair. He has access to an all powerful god creature thing, and he'll test it to make sure he's right, but also test that this thing can actually work. And he would have asked it, "What's the name of the Joker?" Because he knows. But the chair said, "Which Joker?" Yeah. Also, the idea, too, uh, of Batman keeping this secret, keeping it from his sidekicks, but for once, it not actually making him a dick. It actually kind of like, you know, humanizing. Yeah, yeah, him sympathizing and humanizing him where like Batman is willing to let his sidekicks hate him and think that he's this huge jerk because he's protecting this poor lady Mm -hmm. and their kid from this horrible, you know, familial connection. It's like, see, that's what Batman does. He's willing to take the hits and get hated for doing the right thing because that's what a hero does. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And I don't I don't understand why people didn't get that. Like, like, it was it was pretty like. It was it was literally written on the page that way. Again, they all came in with different weird expectations. Yeah, well, well now I've got people that because the so, so the whole deal is that Batman knows knows who the Joker was, and it mm. that's never mattered. Uh, yeah. And he the 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 biggest secret is that his uh, the original Joker's wife and child are still alive. He never killed them maybe original again we don't know that's another mystery which i like they keep it vague where it's like oh did uh did criminal joker create comedian joker or was it the other way around oh and he'll never tell yeah because that's the joke yeah that it's not funny if you know uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of fun stuff here too where even joker being like no i i planned all of this my plan went off without a hitch i wanted you to be forced into a situation where you would either kill joe chill 
or be forced to forgive him. And now don't you feel so much better? Isn't this weight lifted off? You imagine how bad you're going to feel the next time I fuck with your life. Yeah, he, Joker has essentially become the one that healed Batman of his worst trauma. Also, Absolutely. he can become his worst trauma. Yeah, to put him even more centrally in his life. And when, uh, again, the line of the book for me is with Joker saying, well, the Joker was never broken. No. Batman, Batman was. was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm already perfect as the Joker, but I need to make you into a better Batman. <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh, that's actually pretty cool. That's actually a really interesting plan. Yeah, it, it's so good. It's so damn good. And it's well, well worth the wait, I reckon. Yeah, we uh, we also got some stuff in the book with uh, Red Hood and Barbara. You know, they kind of had a kiss in the last issue, and she kind of rebukes him for obvious reasons. He he didn't get as much play in this, but I guess you can't argue that he didn't evolve and didn't, you know, uh, move on as a character because he says, you know, hey, I'm going away for a while, and I'm getting rid of the Red Hood moniker. And it's like, yeah, that's probably healthier. Yeah, and that's that's what makes me think it's not in continuity because he's not doing that at all. <laughs> yeah, because he's sure as fuck ain't going to be doing and, that. And, and and yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why I absolutely love this book because it's it's given something Jason to do that isn't be a mopey son of a bitch who shoots people. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the best Jason story in a while. That's yeah. not like uh, Tom it, Taylor. It's the most the most character development he's had since Under the Red Hood. <laughs> Because he's actually treated like a character and a person with feelings and everything. And also, too, uh, they do a great job with Jason in this story where he is just this emotional cripple who refuses help from Batman and keeps pushing everyone away to where, like, Batman is furious and shaking him. And it's like, oh, yeah, where did he learn it from? (laughs) He's literally your son, Bruce, in so many ways, and he has picked up all your worst traits. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought was actually pretty solid. And again, something you don't get in a lot of Batman books to be like, no, Batman actually did raise some of these kids fucked up and wrong. And now they're, you know, playing out his trauma. Mm -hmm. But maybe now that he was able to put that trauma away, they can all heal and get better. Yeah, but I don't think we'll be getting a sequel to this. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Someone brought up an interesting thing about Barbara, too, where it's like, you know, this book basically ultimately says, you know, Barbara is the healthiest and sanest of everyone in the Bat family because she was actually able to, you know, deal with her trauma first and, you know, move on and rehab herself and say, you know, wouldn't it have been interesting, though, for this book? They probably didn't have the time because it was only three issues to basically have her say, like, yeah, that's not easy. It's like a job every single day to make sure I don't relapse and everything and being forced you know fight the killing joke joker again uh camera and all might have threatened her sanity but now nah, she was fine yeah again also i think it might have it also has to do with the fact that she has family outside of the bat family like mm. her father and all of that which, which she gets a great scene it gets a great scene which kind of confirms that he knows his daughter is bat bat girl um, and knew all along, which kind of reframes multiple scenes we saw earlier with them yeah. in the book i love it i love and i love that he like talks to her not as his daughter but as like the hero she is Mm. (laughs) like mentioning not spending time with red hood and whatnot and Mm -hmm. i thought it was really damn good you know i think lich lord chris is onto something too saying maybe nightwing is actually the most well adjusted because he didn't even show up in this story (laughs) nightwing's like nah man i'm fine i'm willing and dealing i got over my parents death a long time ago now let me have my 12th girlfriend (laughs) well again it was it was more it was three jokers and you had to have the three bat family members who were most affected by the affected which is really interesting when you stop and think about nightwing where it's like yeah 
I guess the Joker, despite all the years of them fighting together, never really affected him in any yeah. meaningful way. He same, doesn't have any Joker like Tim Drake and all of that. Yeah, yeah, he has no has no scars and no baggage from him. Huh. Same with like Damien as well. Which I, yeah, like you think like Joker would go for Damien a bit more than anyone else because he is the son of Batman. Yeah, Damien's got plenty of his own shit to deal with, but none of it is Joker related. <laughs> it might as well be. I get. Yeah, Damien's like, I'm not fucking scared of you, clown. You should be scared of me. I'm gonna put you in my gulag. In my gulag, man. I'm so glad, and we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I'm so glad Peter Tomasi is getting to write Damien again, and hopefully <laughs> he's going to find some sort of reason or silver lining or try and get him back on track somehow. Uh, brain tumor cancers and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really oh i was possessed by an <laughs> asshole that's how <laughs> oh the reverse flash made me do it yeah that's why yeah it was a it was a it was a fallout from the flash finish line man h- how did they do a story like that and say the reverse flash was behind everything bad and everything we hated for like the last three years at dc but also not make him the villain of the next big event where it's like come on guys you gotta you gotta parallax this shit you gotta have the next big event he fights everybody <laughs> well the reverse flash doesn't exist anymore so <laughs> mm, i guess they can't <laughs> wah, wah, wah. yeah that's how i would do it it's like okay yeah he ruined everyone's life he did all this terrible shit now he's the next event villain yeah you build it off the back of like doomsday clock and everything because he saw dr manhattan and all of that and you just like you you build it up after all the all these shit storylines you've been doing and just put him yeah they i mean they kind of did that at the end of finish line where they said he was behind everything and they they kind of finished it up in there but because it's the flash book no one cares (laughs) which is so sad i did see that thorgy video crusader con and i agree it's very good he did a good job on that one uh yeah what else uh we got going on so uh yeah that was three jokers pretty solid all things considered i think it'll actually read much better in trade yeah and you can buy the trade this month hey there you go Which See, i think it's the quickest turnaround in a trade whereas like third third issue came out just last week and we get a trade in like two weeks <laughs> I'm I'm guessing after all the massive delays, they probably felt they needed to do had, something to recoup. They've had a warehouse filled with the trades for like years, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting to get their money back. Uh, all right, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, we had a death metal tie-in, which oh I think yeah was a lot smarter than a lot of people thought it was. It was, it really was. You know, it's funny. Death metal kind of falls into like two types of stories right now. The laughy, funny, like joking about the very subject matter type stories and the more serious, but also much more metatextual story. And this one is definitely that second one where this entire story is just one giant like meta examination of DC Comics and continuity. It's that, but I think it's more of a comedy. I mean, it can definitely be viewed that way, too. Uh, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain I think it's more of a comedy, but we'll talk about the story first, which is um, we get this new character called the Chronicler. Uh, Yes, who comes from from the Omniverse. Omniverse, and uh, he's basically come to to the DC Universe to take a look at, like, why is this universe, like, more powerful and, like, full of... So fucked up all the time. ...more wonderful things than the other ones I've seen. Yeah, it's also, too, the whole concept of the Omniverse is just fucking hilarious in and of itself. So we had a universe, then a multiverse, then a metaverse. Now there's an Omniverse above that. And they even say where it's like, yeah, you're a couple rungs up on, like, the Cosmic Pantheon ladder. (laughs) 
Like, apparently this guy is, like, right under the source, they basically say, just, like, a couple levels under him. Yeah, he's, like, the source's assistant. <laughs> basically, yeah, he's he comes from the Omniverse, he is unskilled in the ways of the DC Universe, which I took to re- uh, read, and I mentioned this in my video, oh my god, he's someone trying to get into DC Comics yeah. for the first time, and yeah. he doesn't know where to start. That's exactly what it is, that's why he, he's going around to, uh, he's asking all of... All of the biggest DCU you, use YouTubers like Metron who yes. keep up to date with all of this stuff and I, and Vildrox and all of these characters. I'm I'm so glad you said the YouTuber thing too because I clued into that right away as well. Where he's like, "Oh, I have all this information, but no contacts. Where do I go for contacts?" I'm like, "Well, you can go to uh, www.capejoel in the whatever, and I'll tell you all about it." And then literally he goes to Metron. And I'm like, "Yeah, in universe, yeah, that probably makes about as much sense." Because he's been there since the beginning. He's, he's read and watched. He's read and watched everything. <laughs> he's the he's the fandom fandom Wikipedia. It's the DC Universe database. Oh my god, he, he literally fucking is too. Holy shit! <laughs> but first yeah, this story's to, fucking. First, he meta. went to uh, the son of Brainiacs, real, real Drox, and mm. he didn't have anything. He was like just like the Wikipedia article that kind of had all the references. And he's trying to make a deal. I love it. It's like, ooh, look at all this information my father gathered. Can I come to the Omniverse? And the Chronicler's like, fucking no. What makes you think your information makes you so special? And what makes you think you should survive? Look look at my book. Look at all the notes I took, asshole. My favorite part was at the start when he went to uh, go see Psycho Pirate. Mm-hmm. And um, first he, he approaches Joker and because he thinks that Joker is the one he's after. And then he realizes, hmm, you're just you're literally just a clown who has no cosmic significance at all i don't know why people haven't murdered you yet yeah bye yeah there's a lot of like uh wink and nudge there even the fact too that it's like psycho pirate and perpetua and vildrox it's like weren't these characters supposed to be really important like just a few years ago and then they stopped being important well i don't think we've seen vildrox since no justice i could be i think he was i think he was in an odyssey story that didn't go anywhere yeah and yeah now now he's there yeah, and now he's just here. Even Perpetua, it's like, weren't you the villain of the Justice League running now? You're having a goddamn... You throw reali- reali- realities at the fucking Dr. Manhattan-powered Batman who laughs. How, yeah, how you're do people having- not know this is a comedy? Just explaining that to them. Yeah, you're having a fucking anime fight. You're having a goddamn Gurren Logan battle out there while some guy is trying to learn about the DC Universe. <laughs> now, 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 speaking of comedies, I, I compared this this whole issue to the second season of parks and recreation oh wow because okay so we've got in parks and recreation season two we get we get adam scott and rob Lowe coming in as these two characters (laughs) from out of town who uh they're like auditors and they're coming in Mm. to see if the town is going to be like shut down and and moved and whatnot and they end up asking talking people getting stories of all the different people and living with the people in this in this world and learning that no we're not going to destroy this town we're going to save it and we're going to stay here for the next five seasons or something that's literally what this what this issue was 
that's, yeah, wow, that is a very solid conclusion to make. Even more so, Metron's big takeaway, it's like, oh, you know, this universe is beautiful and amazing and powered by belief, and I'm like, bring it down a little bit there, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Literally, that's a goddamn Neil Gaiman speech he's having. And then it's like, and I know, I know you'll believe too, Chronicler, all you have to do is read, read the comic books, and then you will save the universe. And he's like, oh, my mind is expanded by all the comic books I'm reading now. <laughs> And that's literally the takeaway that this guy might help save the world because he read DC Comics and enjoyed them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and again, too, I think it also speaks to the fact to where it's like, yeah, some comic fans do have trouble reading stuff on a meta level. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely showed this issue. I don't think a lot of people realize that it was meant to not be taken too seriously, and it it was meta. It was it was, it was uh, James Tynan, Scott Snyder, and all those guys basically saying, "Hey, comics are fucking awesome." Literally, you know what else is super funny, too? And it hit me. I'm like, it's November 1st now. This series has been running for a while now. Big delays due to, you know, pandemic notwithstanding. Literally, they've only mentioned what death metal is once. Yeah. It's in the little Lobo box. It's like, are we going to go back to that at any point? We've had like a dozen issues since then. Nah, it's not important. It's the name. Seven issues. We've got three issues of the main series left and a little bit, a couple of tie-ins left feels like a dozen times but yeah it's so funny that they've literally only mentioned what death metal is one time (laughs) is this shit gonna be important maybe probably (laughs) who knows (laughs) is this the the box green arrow had (laughs) yeah that's what i keep wanting to know i'm like freaking tell me yes tell me it meant something i hope it is it's like it it was worth it it was worth reading it Just for that one moment, pretty please. You'll you'll make my year, Mr. Snyder. Can that be my Christmas present, please? <laughs> that Green Arrow mattered in the greater cosmic <laughs> scheme of things. And while you're at it, can I have a new Green Arrow book? I love we're doing this future state thing, but not one new Green Arrow title. <laughs> I want to know what Ollie's doing in the future. Maybe he has lightsaber arrows or something. Maybe. Maybe his beard is even bigger and blonder now. There's things he could do in the future. Archer of the future. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was uh, Rise of the New God. And it was it was definitely something. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, pretty it was cool. definitely, definitely something. Uh, what else did I have this week? Uh, ooh, we had the final, uh, not final, the penultimate Suicide Squad issue from Tom Taylor. Yes, this was another good issue. This was good, but it also felt like they really kicked in the fucking turbos on this one. Like, hey, we gotta get to the end of this story and quick. Again, it makes me think this series was cancelled. And they, they, like, th- there was gonna be other, other issues after issue 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we get no time to really breathe and, you know, let the severity of the situation kinda sink in. Because Deadshot was killed at the end of the previous issue by... Black Mask, who is revealed to be the ultimate foe here, using his uh, shape-changing tech from the year of the villain tie And I know I was not <laughs> expecting that to actually matter. <laughs> and uh, it's like, everyone's sad for a minute, Harley puts on the mask in tribute, but then we gotta keep go, 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 go. Yeah, and I did. I do like that they, they kept kept him dead. Um, yeah, because I, I know people in the, the issue before said, "Ah, he's gonna, he'll be alive. Don't the bullet will have just missed him or something." That's what I thought. But yeah, no, he's he's proper dead. They didn't splatter his body though, so they could still do something with it, like yeah. bring him to a Lazarus pit or something. I think <laughs> that's more a courtesy for the next writer that we didn't blow up his corpse. We can still, you know, <laughs> do something with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Then Ted 
Ted um Ted Cord joins the team briefly to help them stop this bomb. Again, that feels like something that was meant to continue on in the next arc with Ted Cord either joining the, the new and improved yeah. Suicide Squad or bankrolling them. Definitely, yeah, because I definitely love in theory how quick he is to join them where it's <laughs> like, look, you know, uh, Black Mask, he's dragged my name through the mud. He's taking control of my company. I want to stop him as much as you. And the fact that he almost has a bit of animosity with the Suicide Squad, particularly the revolutionaries who are like, oh, we spend our days fighting big, rich dickheads like you. And wait, you mean to tell me you're actually the fabled good billionaire? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we kind of like you because you're super charming, Ted Cord. <laughs> you kind of you kind of won us over. How'd you like to come hang out with us? And even like Black Mass Plan was like, ah, oh, I want to take over this island. I want the oil. Oh, well, if I can't have it, I'll blow it up so no one can have it. But you won't let me die, though, right? Because if you stay here with me, you're all going to die. Oh, fuck, you're called the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Death missions are literally in your name. Shit. <laughs> I didn't think this through. <laughs> No, he really didn't. I love what Osita does. She's interrogating him and she knocks the mask off his face. It's like, oh, I just thought he was wearing that. No, that was melted to my skin. <laughs> yes, it rips the rest of his face off with it. Wow. So he looks even uglier now <laughs> without it, which is fucking great. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, guess what? After puppeteering us and lying to us this whole time. Hey, Roman Sionis, you're on the Suicide Squad now and we're sending you in first. <laughs> Which is pretty dope, and that's basically the last panel we see with Zebra Man trying to uh, enclose the explosion and everything and save everyone from an uncertain death. Yeah, but, yeah, no, it was a good issue, but, yeah, it felt a little rushed in terms mm -hmm. of, like, yeah, they're just wrapping up everything because the book, the book, as much as Tom Taylor seems to think that it was coming to a natural conclusion, I do think there was mm. at least maybe three or four issues that didn't come to fruition. <laughs> Yeah, like, last issue, I definitely felt that way. This issue, no, I disagree. and do think that this was cancelled before its time. And maybe, maybe it's out of his, his control. Maybe they're like, no, we need to end this book now because we want a team that looks like the movie. That Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what it's going to be. We're going to get a team with, like, Harley again back on. I, yeah. again, again, that team doesn't have Deadshot on Deadshot, it. yeah. Which is probably why they allowed him to kill him. Yep. Which, man, that just perfectly, you know, personifies to me everything that's wrong with comic book publishing. Here we have an amazing story from a great writer that everyone is loving and everyone is talking about and everyone is saying the best run on this book in forever. Yeah, but we're going to end it, though, because we need multimedia connection to the movie, though. The book the book was const consistently in, like, the um, like top ten or top five, like, sellers whenever it was on sale. Yeah, which does not happen much with no. Suicide Squad, so they should have been happy about that, but in classic comic company, media company greed, yeah, but imagine how much more we could make, though. Yeah, yeah. Just, just very lame. I know Taylor has said in interviews where it's like, okay, this might be the end of my Suicide Squad, but, uh, my Squawk, that's not a fucking word, my Suicide Squad book. But it's not the end of the revolutionaries. Maybe he's talking about the fact that he continues to write Wink in the Airy over in his uh, zombie book. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, and this is my pipe dream right here, Suicide Squad is done, but maybe a little while later we'll get a revolutionaries book that is just a continuation. I mean, that's what, that, that's what I'd like to happen. This book just, like, with the exact same team it's got now, maybe just, like, without Harley, um, yeah. just becomes the revolutionaries. 
Yeah, because they've done a great job setting them up. And in fact, some characters like Deadly Six and everything never even got like origins or no. focuses or anything. There's still like so much potential for this thing to go. I, again, I think the air and all that kind of got like um, uh, uh, like origins and stuff because they ended up yeah. being popular. Yes, and because they were important to the arc. Yeah, whereas like characters like Deadly Six didn't because they're not which doesn't make any sense because the deadly six is an interesting character he controls the seven deadly sins yeah all minus lust because apparently he can't yeah. kill you with lust where i'm like then you're not being creative enough dude <laughs> oh no he jacked himself to death <laughs> how horrible <laughs> yeah chaos kitten there's another one we didn't get to learn anything about she looked fun thysaline we got to learn about a little bit because of the australia connection mm-hmm Osita too, because you know they all had a bone to pick with the Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, we learnt, we learned a little bit about her. We learned a little bit about Finn, not a lot. Yeah, only that his brother died and that he killed King Shark over it. Yeah, which means uh, hopefully we can get uh, what is it, the Ron Funches version of King Shark when he comes back. <laughs> hey everyone, it's me, the Fun King Shark. <laughs> that other King Shark was my dad. <laughs> Yeah, really, there you go. He was a dick. Now it's just me, the fun one, who wears sweater vests. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this this book is great. It sucks it's coming to an end. I hope it sticks the landing in a satisfying way. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it will, but yeah, this issue is a bit rushed. Yeah, a little, little, little bit. I, uh, I got, how many more do I got? I got one, two, I got three more, Matt. Cool, what do you got? Uh, okay, I will briefly talk about uh, Spider-Man issue 51, the continuation of Last Remains. Mm -hmm. I like this issue. I liked this one, too, because it goes into some very interesting directions and has a ton of fucking callbacks to other big Spider-Man stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Spider-Man is going to Doctor Strange for help with fighting Kindred and all the other Spider-People who are now possessed by demons. And, in fact, Kindred can speak through them, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he, he like, possesses them. He also straight up mentions this issue. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man, I guess in the two years this story has been running, we've never actually met face-to-face. I've met you in your nightmares. I've talked through people at you, but we haven't actually met face-to-face. Yeah, and I don't know if by the end of the issue they're actually meeting face-to-face. I think that's still a dreamscape. Mm, They seek to imply it, but yeah, Doctor Strange actually has a genius ID, and that is, hey, man... Uh, you know, if Madam Web was taken captive by these guys and possessed, that means they can use the Web of Life to find you anywhere in the world. But, you know, we can backtrace it with the Magic Police and we can use it to uh, find wherever Kindred is the same way. And in fact, hey, I have the Hand of Vashanti, which is an artifact from the JMS run that you use to access the astral plane once upon a time. How about we do that again, bro? <laughs> and Spider-Man's all for it. He is, until something kind of amazing happens. It kind of backfires and doesn't work, and Strange asks a very interesting question, where he's like, hey, Peter, did you make any deals or bargains with it? You know what? Get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) So, basically doing a straight-up, probably the most direct reference to One More Day, One More in Time that I think we've ever gotten in the main Spider-Man book. Yeah, and I imagine the story's just gonna be full of them now. I mean, it really definitely has to be. And uh, Spider-Man's like, okay, you know what? I figured this might happen. 
So I was sure to talk to Black Cat first, so she stole the hand for me, and I'm going to enter the astral realm, even if he didn't want me to. And it's a weird, twisted place filled with fucked up signs and everything, and, you know, references to Mary Jane and Uncle Ben and everything else. You know what I, I really enjoyed about this part? Do so tell. when he goes in so before he goes into the astral plane the art is all very clear and like like how can i explain it like it's it's modern and then mm-hmm. when he goes into the astral plane the pages get like like a like a film grain noise to it yeah. that, that you would find on old trade paperbacks when they used to print them on paper and not that glossy matte paper and again it's very it's, trippy it, 60s again oh again it's reference to his mind his mind is stuck in the past of not letting Ooh. go with these of these people because there's like billboards to like all the people he's lost in his life uncle ben everything and he's that. done wrong yeah and he can't let that go and that's kind of like the whole deal of what kindred is doing that's an excellent reading. In fact, Kindred basically yells at Peter and it kind of affects him where it's like, wow, this guy is so angry at me. Maybe I did actually do something wrong because <laughs> why else would anyone be this pissed at me? <laughs> and uh, and like Kindred even basically knows what he's going to do before he does it. Oh, you didn't tell your friend the whole story. Oh, you got these other people in danger because that's always what you do, Spider-Man. Yeah because you're a big dick bag like that. And eventually he claws his way out of a grave. Again, straight up reference to Craven's last hunt. Mm-hmm. So we got a JMS reference and a Damathis reference all in the same book. <laughs> and uh, eventually he finds his way to the messed up graveyard where Kindred has basically dug up all of Spider-Man's dead friends and family and has set up like the freaking table from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we just thought he dug up George and Gwen Stacy. But no, he's dug, he's dug up literally everyone. Wonder if he's stuck yeah, up he's, Uncle Ben. Yeah, oh, probably. You know he has. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where that one ended. It's pretty cool. You know, it's funny when I was reading. I'm like, man, this references so many things from Spider-Man's greater history, but also doesn't move its own story that much further. I really hope that you know uh, Spencer's not bringing this stuff up just for like set dressing, and then he's actually going to acknowledge and deal with some of this shit finally. I think he is. I think this I is, hope so. He's going to do it, and then he's going to come off the book or something. <laughs> Or something like that, because it seems like so much of his run has been like a real hardcore Spider-Man fan doing a lot of house cleaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, y- you figure, uh, you know, if he pulled off what he did with Captain America, that they would trust him to do something similarly big with Spider-Man. Where it's like, okay, I got Mary Jane and Peter back together, and then I finally closed the book on one more day. Mm-hmm. So fans can stop talking about it and complain about something new. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll find something. Because cause they'll never not complain, but at least let me close the book on this so we can all complain about something else for a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something. Yeah, it was it was pretty damn good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that next issue because we've got um, this coming week, we've got another tie-in. Yes, I did not read the first tie-in yet, but I know it focused a lot on Norman and everything, which I definitely mm-hmm. want to check that out. Yeah, well, I, I again, it was it focused on norman because it was like him dealing with the fact that he knows kindred is his son it dealt, dealt as well with like um uh the uh the spider-man family attacking him which we kind of need to go back to but I, i'm guessing that's what the tie-ins are doing because that's set before he goes to visit dr strange and all of that and and in that tie-in peter gets um uh he gets bitten by a bunch of spiders because spiders don't mm. care about his totem and he gets infected <laughs> with the venom and everything 
and it, it seeks to imply that he's gonna he starts to like trip out and whatnot. Yeah. But that's yeah. never referenced in these issues. No, maybe that'll just be a, a side runner in the point ones. Yeah, all this is all a a, 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 a dream. Oh man, could you imagine if they did that? That it was all a dream. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> uh, so I had two other ones. I'm sure you read this one too. Uh, Detective Comics 1029. I did. With the introduction of a new villain called The Mirror, not to be confused with Mirror, the first villain that Batgirl fought in the New 52, even though they look almost the goddamn same. Or the Underbroker, who looks exactly the same. <laughs> who looks very similar to that, holy shit. Batman writers, come on guys, <laughs> get get your head in the game. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this guy is, you know, stoking the fires that that new mayoral candidate Nakano is doing, you know, no more masks in Gotham, no more Batmans, no more Joker Wars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to we're going to get him. We're going to force him to unmask. Also, don't ask me why I'm wearing a mask. It's a mirror because it's you. You're all important. <laughs> I do love his fucking cult leader <laughs> reasoning on that. It is pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, hey, if you're wearing masks so much, why are you wearing one? Don't ask me. <laughs> uh, we also get to see more adventures in the life of Batman on a budget. Yeah, I, I, I love that he's, like, living in this, like, little house. And he has that great mm -hmm. moment where he's, like, putting all these um, his pictures up on the walls and everything. And, and, and then he just gets bored. He says, I'll put this yeah. stuff up another way. And, that, again, as someone who's moved before, that box is going to stay there for years. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's also kind of emotional, too, where it's like, you know, he's going through all of this because he can't hire a moving company. And it's, you know, bringing up a lot of memories. And he says that he actually, like, left Alfred's room. He hasn't packed up Alfred's room yet because mm -hmm. he's not ready to face that yet. Yeah. I'm also reminded we don't see Alfred's room that much, if ever. What do you think's in there? Big picture of Superman? <laughs> It's just all the Superman memorabilia. That's what I want. It's like this motherfucker secretly loving Superman <laughs> under my roof. I, I want Alfred's room to have something like fucking weird in it. Like, why does he have an Asia poster? Why is it framed? Did he go to the frame store and frame an Asia poster? How hard did the guys at the frame store laugh at him? <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he goes to, a, what is it, a fundraiser that this Nakano guy is having. And uh, they build an interesting character around Nakano because he definitely has a hate boner against superheroes. Yet he's a non-dirty cop in Gotham City, which is really rare. And when the boat comes under attack by guys looking to rob them, he's the first into the fray and the first to punch someone. Yeah, he... I, I, again, I, I'm convinced that this is all set up for, like, futures, uh, future state. Maybe. And, um... Well, it has to be it because that whole story is based around people like outlawing masks in Gotham, and this story is is starting that. If if they don't do that and they're completely unrelated, then that's going to be really fucking dumb, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> and it and don't say it can't happen because we've seen shit like that happen before. Yep. But uh, yeah, Nakano, interesting character. A lot of people have already jumped to the conclusion that Nakano must also be Mir. I don't think so. No, that's I think that's a little obvious. He's well because he ha he has the eye patch in the cover, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's because they want you to think that. Yeah. Also, too, Hush is going to be in this arc for sure, and Hush's whole thing is that he changes his face and you know messes with people's perception. Yeah, and Nakano's whole thing is that he's a straight cop, 
and wants to do yeah. everything by the book and doing that being a vigilante is like the opposite of what he wants it it will be interesting though if batman uses the same reasoning as fans and being like oh well this guy's running for mayor and this guy also hates mass so surely they must be the same person i would actually like that because i think tomasi could do something cool where batman does that and then realizes he's wrong and then maybe he starts to wonder like oh yeah maybe i am like part of the problem yeah, because by doing that, he'll also accidentally prove Nakano yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, too, Batman, like, he breaks, uh, what is it, his little ear things off during a fight, and it's like, oh, man, I might not be able to replace those right that, away. That was, Shit. that was a very cool um, gadget, gadget that I think has appeared a couple of times. I, I like that he's using that, but I also like that they, they're keeping it in track with what's happening in Tynan's book, where it's like a, a leaner Batman, where he, he can't just do that and be like, oh, it's fine, I'll, I'll print more off at the 3D printer. I can't yeah, do that. No. He has to go and collect them and put them back on and everything. <laughs> One, uh, one guy in my comment section said, oh, I'm already sick of Batman on a budget. I'm like, A, it just started. B, it's Batman on a budget compared to a rich guy. He still has like a fancy prime real estate townhouse and a bunch of other stuff. It's just he can't blow up multiple Batmobiles or get like a satellite laser. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it's it's great. I love it. I love it. It's a simple change and also probably more in line with that new Batman movie too earlier on <laughs> in his career. So no no more Iron Man vision, no more bat robots. <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh yeah, I thought this one was pretty slick and the big big finale at the end of it is ooh, someone stole the black case book from a uh, Batman study and oh, the only other person who knew about it was Robin. Yeah, we see Robin in a in a new costume much kind of similar to like a league of shadows costume which could, mm. maybe he maybe gives you a hint of like his headspace at the moment <laughs> quite possibly nice callback too that he stole the black case book because obviously damian wayne was invented by grant morrison and so <laughs> was the black case book yep <laughs> so that's a fun little callback that he would be the one to take it and also too hopefully part of uh what is it tomasi rehabbing all the harm that's been done to damian as a character over the last <laughs> couple years <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right, Matt. Maybe he literally got alien brain parasites and he's reading about the time Batman fought alien brain parasites in the 60s. Yeah, maybe he breathed in some of those microscopic stars from the last Justice League oh, issue. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's his problem, so he's got to try and figure that shit out. But yeah, it's cool to have Damien back and I'm excited to have him in a story arc again. In fact, I hope he sticks around. I Again, we haven't had an actual Batman and Robin book for like the longest time. Yeah, well, um... Uh, Tomasi says he's only written Detective up until issue 1033, and next issue is issue 130, so... Hmm. Now you think we'll be shaking him off the book? Well, I mean, everything's going to be shaken up in January. I think by that again... time, we, we were around January, and that's when Dark Detective starts. Right, 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 right. But yeah, this was solid. I enjoy it. Again, you know, the last couple detective arcs have a little been a little hit or miss, but I quite enjoy this one. Yeah, and I just enjoy that they live up to the name Detective. Yeah, most definitely. People seem to forget that with Batman. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's way more detective stuff going on in this one, and I really like that about it. Yeah. Like a like a good mystery. Uh, last book I read this week, and I'll be very quick about this one, was Immortal Hulk 39. I haven't read this one. Uh, real solid. I won't spoil it. I'll just say that this one actually kind of steps back in time a little bit and actually, uh, adds a lot of much needed context to what's been happening between the leader, Brian Banner, and the one below all. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it was kind of hard to tell there. It's like, well, wait, who did what? Because he was fighting Brian Banner in the beginning, mm-hmm. but he was really only being used by the one below all. But also the leader was there in the background, and he was the real villain of the story. They put that into proper context and actually say who did what. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's actually quite enjoyable and uh, a little sad, too, because, you know, you have, uh, what is it, the Devil Hulk basically beating on Brian Banner and the big guy Hulk steps on in because he doesn't want his father to be murdered again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, that's so fucking sad. And, like, Brian really uh, friggin' peppers Bruce and, uh, you know, twists the knife into him there by saying, oh, you know, you hated me, son, for so many years for being an alcoholic and a narcissist and beating up you and your mother. But, hey, look how much better you didn't do than me. Betty fucking hates you and can't even look at you and left. (laughs) And that just makes him freak the fuck out and Banner, like, screams and tries to hit his dad. And it's, like, really fucking good. It's really sad. It's a very sad issue. Yeah, that does sound very sad. It's literally just Banner fighting his demons in his mind for a thing there. And then you pull back and it's like, oh, yeah, Alpha Flight actually took his corpse and they're like shocking him right now and not letting him leave. So he's literally getting screwed both in his mind and outside. (laughs) How many issues does that have left? That's finishing up soon, isn't it? Yes, only I want to say it ends at 50. Yeah, I think it does. So we're definitely heading into the uh, home stretch of that book for sure. Nice. I wonder if Ross will get to come back in any way. I mean, clearly there's stuff left to be done with Betty because she left a couple arcs ago. And so surely he's got to go and make stuff right with her. And assumedly, if Ross came back to life, there's got to be one more story with him. Yeah. Yeah, I have to imagine. Because Ross is his oldest enemy. That's the way it's always been. The Hulk running and Ross chasing after him. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Ewing's take on that will be. hopefully he does come back i I, i'm surprised he hasn't already since we're in in like the the ending of the of a 50 issue story and he hasn't come back yet well it's funny because they made him the trump stand-in in in captain america Mm -hmm. and avengers for a little bit where it's like oh i was given a big government job so i can be a dick and do whatever i want then they killed him to frame captain america in the captain america book then he stayed dead for a long time they mentioned his corpse in uh what is it that carnage series which actually doesn't link up anymore because he only faked his death, so they shouldn't actually have gotten the codex from him when they did. (laughs) Although maybe he did actually die, and that's the point because of the green door he got to come back to. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the story they'll eventually tell and be like, no, 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 Donnie Cates didn't fuck up. We had actually planned this. (laughs) I think that's where they're going to be going with it. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that was a solid one. I like that. I won't spoil anything else for you because there's like two or three other things that you should really uh, see for yourself because they're pretty great. Cool. All right. Uh, did you have anything else? Um, I did. I had uh, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, issue 18. Oh, yeah, the digital book, which is still going. It is. It's coming out, I think, every two weeks now. Well, that's cool. I'm glad it didn't go away. Yeah, um, this issue was really fun. This this issue um, saw Superman go up against the old Justice League villain, the Key. Ooh, I like the Key. Good design. Yeah, um, he he looks even creepier here. He's got like the long. He kind of looks like Malekith a little bit. He's like covered oh, in nice. keys and everything. Um, oh, that does sound cool. Uh, so yeah, what the villain does, he actually ends up breaking into the Fortress of Solitude and reprogramming it. So like when Superman comes to like um, heal after a battle in the Sunray Room, um, he finds that the 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 systems have been turned against him and um they the systems immediately take his powers with gold kryptonite so it's a powerless superman 
um, having to fight his way through the through the fortress to get to a special um, reset mode that'll reset the the system. But it's actually quite cool because he he ends up like going into his his mother's safe house, um, which he's able to get into because it's all analog and opened with normal ah. keys because his mother can't remember the code. <laughs> Oh, old people. Um, in there, he has, like, a, a weapons locker, so he gets, like, a Batman um, utility belt. I think he gets Magog's staff. Nice. Um, and, and, like, all these, like, weapons and stuff, like his own sword and everything, which he used on Apocalypse and all that. Um, Wicked. And, he yeah, he, he goes through, like, it's just, a, like, an adventure through the fortress, and you get to see all the different biomes. There's, like, a biome that's, that's like, ruled by, like, a chieftain, which Superman has to give <laughs> his sword to as a gift to pass through his territory. <laughs> and I like that he didn't have the sword to fight. No, I gave it as a gift. Yeah, he, he ends up uh, teaming up with his alien flying shark, Casey, that, that helps to get him closer to the... You um, tweeted about this, to, yes, to, his pet into shark. The, into the forest where he then teams up with his, his alien bird, Vinny, <laughs> to, to again, fight fight the um fight the key and, and stop the key and everything. And, yeah, it's just him him having to do everything without his powers, and he does that's, it all. <laughs> that's that good old-fashioned comic book weirdness I love so much. Yeah, it's a great issue. Great one-off. Sounds... Sounds very good golden age Superman mm -hmm. is what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, right on. Did you have anything else? Nope. All right, so again, ending on a nice feel-good note there. So uh, again, thank you everyone for coming and joining us here on this Sunday night. We always very much appreciate it. We had quite a few people in the chat there for a while, and we had at least two new subscriptions, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, everyone. And we almost got to two hours. <laughs> We almost did. Again, it's always on the nights we say we don't have enough to talk about <laughs> that we push two hours. Uh, as always, if you want to support the show, uh, you can become a patron at any time. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You'll be able to get to listen to the audio versions of these early and ad free and the video versions when we can, as well as whatever else we're working on. I know it's so hard for me to come up with new Patreonable content. Maybe, maybe you guys should tell me what you want to see for Patreon. And maybe I can try and put that together for you. I might, I might do gun plus i might do that that might be fun <laughs> would you like that i'll film myself doing that for multiple hours yeah again uh, I've, I've thought about doing that thought about building one on stream but then again yeah it's, it just takes so long to build them and you, you're balancing like a chat plus like recording plus making a model plus looking at instructions a little <laughs> a little hard to do yeah uh again too if you are canadian and you buy stuff off amazon uh, be sure to use my link down in the description i always try and uh, put something good there like a cool omnibus or a book from the show uh that we really enjoy uh anything you buy from there sure certainly helps especially as we enter the holiday season Man, I really miss my old uh, link we used to have from Book Depository before they changed <laughs> that. It didn't pay off all the time, but it paid off a little bit before they changed it. So now now I'm trying to do the Amazon thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll start winding this show down. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Matt, anything else to promote? Anything else to talk about? Uh, no. Well, uh, I'm hoping this week, because I'm starting to wind down stuff at work and college and everything, I'm hoping I'm going to do a lot of streaming the end of this week. Nice. Uh, before next week, before big playstation 5 comes out yeah lucky you i i gotta try and do some more streaming too i swear i got this weird streaming anxiety now and it's not helped by the fact that i'm sleeping so much more during the day now like most people because it's like eh, fuck it i'll stay up till five i'll do whatever i'll sleep until two then i'll rush and try and get as much work done as i can 
But man, I gotta, I really gotta try and get over that. I feel like I'm not alone in that, and a lot of people yeah, are living yeah. like that. Now. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try and fix my shit, everyone. I promise. I'll try and get that together. Cause yeah, I have this whole rig here for the whole point of streaming, and I could even do something fun that's not video game related. I think we all thought we'd be playing Cyberpunk by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not playing that until December if it comes out in December. <laughs> If even, yeah. I took the money I would have spent on that, and instead of giving Ubisoft money, I actually uh, got the remasters there of No More Heroes, so I've been playing those on the Switch. Oh, yeah, I got, I got the first one. but I got the first one, and I got I got Watch Dogs Legion. Nice. See, I'm probably going to play Watch Dogs at some point. I would stream No More Heroes, Jane. I don't have a capture card for it. I know there's, like, some Frankensteining shit you can do for it, and also... Here's the thing about No More Heroes 1. Boy, it's a fun game during like the whole action scenes and everything, but it's also like a Wii mini game collection too it's where you gotta get money. Fuck. It's a little cl- which again, it's like it's a game that came out on the Wii though, so it's like I can't I can't hold that against it. Yeah, and it explains like certain mechanics like shaking the the, the beam saber mm. to charge it up and everything's like, oh that yeah, you'd have the Wii remote to do that and whatnot. It's funny, they did a PS3 version of it, and everyone was like, oh, is that the version they're going to put? No, but they actually did, like, a more higher quality version <laughs> of it that I don't think we'll ever see now because it lives on the PS3. Yeah. Still, nice to go back and play them because those were, you know, that was the one series of games I was a little jealous of when I didn't <laughs> own a Nintendo console. <laughs> I'm like, oh, those look fun. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah, they're lots of fun. They're very, they're very silly, and they got that real pseudo sense of humor to them. Yeah. Which is definitely good. So yeah, we'll we'll bring this one to a close, everyone. Thank you so much. Matt and I will be back again next week to fill your ear holes and your eye holes with more comic multiverse goodness. <laughs> yeah, stay safe, everyone. Yes, please. Wash your ass and your face and wear your mask, everyone. And especially stay safe depending on how, uh, what is it, the third goes if yeah, you're in America. How this big election goes, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your old man contest, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya.